The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. We begin with one of the most incredible stories that you probably have heard in a very long time. I heard the story directly from the person that the story happened to. His name is Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim is a fellow who is a matzah. He gives a lot of classes and lectures in Eretz Yisrael, especially to the secular Jewish community. And this story happened to him personally. His daughter got engaged. And as part of the preparations for the chasna, he went to a furniture store in Bnei Brak in order to purchase the many different things that she would need, beds and etc., etc. He comes to the cashier to check out, and the cashier rings everything up, 22,000 shekel. Okay, listen, he's Israeli, he's Jewish. He says to the cashier, come on, you've got to give me a better deal than 22,000. You've got to do something over here. Is that 22,000 the sticker price? I never pay sticker price. She says, let me see what I could do. She goes on to her thing. She goes, if you pay me Zuman, if you pay cash, give it to you for 20,000 shekel. Deal, he says, let me go to the bank. He comes into the bank and he says, listen, I need 20,000 shekel. And the cashier says to him, the teller says to him, we don't have 20,000 shekel. You'll have to wait. Maybe we could get money from here, from there. He says to her, I'm in a little bit of a rush. I have to get all the way to Haifa. I have a speaking engagement in Haifa, um, but uh, I need the money. Okay, wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes, etc., etc. 15, 20 minutes later, the president of the bank, the director of the bank comes to him and says to him, Rebchaim, he says to him, listen, I'm sorry, we're kind of low on bills, etc., etc., but we could do one thing for you. We have it in 20 shekel notes. Do you want it in 20 shekel notes? If yes, we could give it to you. He has no other choice. He says, sure. And they give him a massive wad of 20 shekel notes, 1,000 20 shekel notes. Whatever. They put it in some kind of large envelope and he walks out with 20,000 shekel in 20 shekel notes. He goes directly to the furniture store. He comes here, the store is closed. Bangs on the door, he sees someone inside. They come, they open up, they say, we're sorry, we're closed already, we shut down the computers, you'll have to come back tomorrow. Now Reb Chaim is stuck. Because you see, he's not going home, he has to go to Haifa to this lecture that he has. <laughs> what do you do with it? He has 20,000 shekel, 1,000 shekel notes. That's like a little bit of a haul. He, he gets a bag somewhere and he takes the bus and he's sitting on the bus and he's holding it onto it for dear life and he gets uneventfully to Haifa. He gives his speech. He gives his drasha. It goes really well. He leaves with the bag in hand. He comes outside and Tom tells him that the last bus just left. The only way to get back home is to take the um, train. He said, take the train. So he goes down to the train and he comes into the train. And in order to get into the train, they have to go through a metal detector. So he goes to, you know, you, you go through a metal detector, you put your stuff on the conveyor belt, it goes to the machine, they look at it, he says to the fellow, listen, I have a lot of notes in here. I'm not comfortable putting it there. The guy says, and there's nothing you could do. Makes him put it through. Puts it through, picks it up at the other end, and he sits down on the train. At some point between his ride from Haifa to Tel Aviv, he decided just to make sure it's all in there and he starts counting it out, which was a big mistake because he didn't realize there was a fellow behind him that was watching him. This guy's man's got a lot of cash. Anyways, the train arrives at Azrieli in Tel Aviv. He gets out from the train and again, there's these metal detectors. They scan you before you go into the Azrieli, the big, large skyscraper. And he says to the guy, you know, I have cash in here. And the guy says, put it onto the conveyor belt. He puts it onto the conveyor belt. He comes through the metal detector. He waits and it doesn't come out. What happened was, there was some guy on the train that saw him counting it. The guy kind of waited right behind him. And the second he put it down, the guy kind of cut ahead of him, took it, and he was gone. 
And now the Shreb Chaim is standing there and he lost 20,000 shekel in 20 shekel notes. What does one do? He goes over to the security guard. He says, it never came out. Well, you told me to do it. Look, it never came out. And the security guard starts panicking. He says, come with me. They go into the camera room. They look through all the cameras. His bad mazel. The one camera that picks up that location malfunctioned. They have no record. And now Reb Chaim is angry. He is so angry. You could have let me just carry it through. And look, I lost 20,000 shekel because of you. And he wants to give it to the guy. But he'd been working on his midas hakas. He'd been working on getting angry. And he came up with a very interesting strategy, which I think we all can implement. And this is where the story starts going crazy. If a person gets angry, it's always because of their opinion, their ego, their haughtiness, their gaiva that gets in the way. How could you do this to me? How could you act this way to me? How could you say this thing to me? How could you subject me to this? That's why they get angry. But if a person could somehow do something as they're getting angry for another person, it diffuses the cast, the anger in a big way. And he thinks to himself, I'm about to get angry, I'm about to get angry, I've been working on this, and I have the strategy. And he thinks of a kala, of a kala who was supposed to get married that didn't have a dime to her name. And he says, you know what? I, in order to overcome my cast, I am hereby believing giving her a thousand shekel as soon as I get home to B'nai Brak. thousand shekel. As soon as that happens, a certain wave of tranquility washes over him. He's giving something to somebody else. He took himself out of the equation. He thought about someone else. And he starts getting a hold of himself. But he's standing there. He doesn't know what to do. He's standing in the lobby of Azrieli, 20,000 shekel down. All of a sudden, he feels a tap on his shoulder. The man standing around says to him, You're a b'chayim. The famous speaker, the one who says the stories and everything, goes, yeah, he says, you're not going to believe this. All the way upstairs, 43 floors up, whatever it is, there's a restaurant, like a place where they have, you know, simchas, a, a, you know, a events hall. And my daughter is having her bas mitzvah. You don't know this, but my daughter is your number one fan. She listens to every shir and to every single story. If you would just come upstairs and give her a bidacha, you can't imagine it would make the whole simcha. Please, could you just come upstairs for a little bit? You don't have to stay for long. Chaim doesn't know what to do anyways. <laughs> no one's helping him. He's 20,000 shekel down. He's like, okay, could do a chesed for another person. It'll for sure help him feel better. They take the elevator, 43 flights up. And the fellow introduces him to his daughter. She can't believe it. And they take pictures and he gives her a bracha. La Yehudim, it's beautiful. As he's walking out, he recognizes a fellow. And all of a sudden it flashes in his mind. This was the fellow that was sitting right near him on the train and was looking at him while he was counting the money and was also near him as he was leaving the train. And he says, no. Because he looks down on the floor right next to the guy who's sitting by a table is a bag. It's his bag with the money in it. Anyways, the guy gets up to go get a beer. And Chaim said he didn't have the guts to just take the bag and run. Oh, the guy comes out. There's a big guy. He comes after him. He's toast. So he decides to do something else. He waits till the fellow comes back with his beer, sits down by a table, starts drinking, and Rebbe sits across from him. And he leans across and looks at him. And all of a sudden, the fellow got a little flickering of recognition. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the guy whose money it is. Rebbe continues very calmly and says to him, I just want to share one tiny little piece of information with you, Adoni. He says, you see, my sister-in-law's sister is the wife of the chief of police in Tel Aviv. And if I call him right now, he'll come and he'll send a whole bunch of cop cars and they're going to catch you for theft. But I'm not a bad guy. I'm a nice guy. I think every Jew has a good neshama. So if you very kindly take the money out of the bank and you give it to me, that'll be the end of the day. 
And the thief kind of sheepishly looks at him and says, to him, no, you have to understand something. I'm a, I have chovot, I have a lot of money that I owe. I would never do this. It was a lapse in judgment. Please don't call your brother, your sister-in-law's brother and this or husband or whatever. And he gives him back the money. And Chaim says to him, listen, Habibi, I'm sure you're in a bad spot. We are in bad spots and you know whatever. But Chaim says to him, let me ask you a question. You don't seem like you're in a very good financial position. How does it sound to stay three days in a hotel for free? The guy says to him, I would do that. I have nothing else going on in my life. Chaim says, next week is a seminar from this Kirov organization, this outreach organization. I am going to sponsor you to come for three days. You'll stay in a hotel. you hear beautiful classes. It'll help you do tshuva. You'll become a better person. I know in your heart of hearts that you're a good person. You have a good neshama. The fellow says, I'll do it. Here's my phone number. Chaim thinks to himself, it's going to cost him 500 shekel because that was the cost price. But you know what? It's Kedai. And Taki stays in touch with this fellow. And sure enough, the fellow shows up to the Arachim seminar the following week. But that's not the end of the story. Because you see, Reb Chaim finishes his whole Sipur and he goes back. And the next day, he goes to the furniture store because he owes them 20,000 shekel. He's got his 20,000 shekel now. Well, minus 1,500 because he said he's going to give 1,000 to the Kala and 500 he has to give to the organization so this fellow could come. He walks into the furniture store. <laughs> you can only imagine when he walks up to the cashier and he's got a bag and there's a thousand twenty shekel notes. She goes, well, we don't take this quantity of notes. We don't need this. I'm sure my boss doesn't want it. He says, well, ask your boss. You, you know. So she calls the boss and the boss comes down. Reb Chaim, I know who you are. I listen to your classes. I watch your stuff. <laughs> Chaim says, so nice to hear that. Maybe you have a story for me. Chaim says, yeah, but it'll probably cost you something. Maybe I could get a little discount over here on the furniture. The says, maybe. And all of a sudden the cashier says, he already got a 2,000 shekel discount. The owner smiles and says, that was your discount. But if he'll give me a good story, maybe I'll be able to give him another discount. How does 1,500 shekel off the furniture sound to you? Beautiful, says Reb Chaim. And boy, do I have a great story to tell you. And he shares his story. Mavil al Harain, Pillarplaim, amazing story. It's amazing on so many levels, the Yad Hashem, etc., etc. We're going to pull out just one detail from the story, which I'm sure was meaningful to you as well, besides Dashgacha Pratis off the charts. How did Reb Chaim deal with Kas, with anger? When he felt it coming on, when he felt himself about to lose himself, he felt the rage beginning to surge. What did he do? He tried to do something good for someone else. And he says, You know, I'm going to give a thousand shekel to this Kala who doesn't have anything. And that helped him overcome it. He was able to diffuse the anger, the involvement, just seeing himself, his ego, and get himself to somebody else. And that diffused the cause. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.